Okay, we had an interesting uh, conversation starter earlier, didn't we? So, so we noticed that some teams have different units of currency for dealing in time. Oh, yeah. So some teams, everything they talk about is days. Some teams, all they talk about is weeks. Because it's almost like the lowest unit of time that they think about is that thing. <laughs> Excuse me. Lucky we're not recording. And why is that, do you think? Why do, like, in multinationals, people think in weeks? Well, a startup would think in maybe days or less. First of all, is that true? Is that what you've experienced? Is that what you've experienced? I know that's yeah, what I've experienced. It's, it's consistent with what I see. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. think. And some companies keep it as they grow, and some, but most lose it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, without naming names and stuff, like lots of the bigger companies, yeah, estimates are given. But then again, the sprints are in weeks. But it's not as even well. estimates, though. There's stuff like if you need a license buying for you, if you need a new laptop yeah. for. If you, it's you know, all weeks. You need, like, yeah. I need a train ticket to get to a um, conference yeah. or whatever. Or you want to reimburse. It doesn't matter expenses. what it is. Like everything, that the expectation is instantly set longer. And, as it's, and it's okay. Like people don't mind it. People. Yeah. Because if like, but isn't, if you said to like the the small companies like weeks, they look at you and go, "You, you know, sure? You you're right? Like, yeah, no, no, weeks it. doesn't cut it though. But if you go in, if you're in that world and you say days, it's like. Yeah. What, what are right. you doing? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So with expenses in a big company, it's reasonable that there's certain checks and balances, and you can't just give everyone the keys to the city. Yeah. So, right, like expenses. I mean, reimbursements, certain things. But why? Why is it reasonable? Why is it? Why is it reasonable? It's well, you because they 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 try to make a kind of hierarchical structure, don't yeah. they? So you have one finance team and if you want stuff done with finance but is yeah. that reasonable or is it just what they do right. I suppose the idea is to try and say that like you know you guys aren't burdened with dealing with expenses or something but actually sometimes but aren't they just burdened with not being able to get anything done yeah in exchange yeah that's a good point so you think you could imagine where see I've, I've thought about this before actually yeah. where if the software team were actually given Really transparent control of the budget, right? Like, like this yeah. is what you work with. When it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, these are your. Th this with. is your. You, you either could or you may or may not choose to talk about what the salaries are on the team. Yeah. But you certainly could show. Well, look, after the expenses that are non-negotiable, so like salaries, basically, you have this much budget. If you want to bring in a, a, a consultant or an advisor or a contractor, yeah. whatever, or another perm or, or you something. Want to go yeah, when you want to buy licenses, or, or you think the team needs to go to some conference somewhere because it's going to be really—it's your budget, and as long as you're delivering results, which is a hmm. side subject, because how do you how do you if you're going to give a team that much autonomy, how can you be sure that that's happening? Like, how, what, how do you measure them? Well, basically, results, right? So they're doing things. Customers happy, business is happy. Yep. But you know, people want metrics. They want to be able to say, "But this right. is where the but whole estimates thing." But hang on, there, because do people want metrics? Well, the management or, do. Or I think management. Or are metrics what people ask for when they don't get what they really want? Yes and no. But like, for instance, you have your manager knows what you're doing, but his manager has no clue. And how can he know what's going on? And they need something tangible. What you could, in for instance, just give a demo. Do that management and say, look, this is what we have, this is what we're delivering. 
Yeah, but then he wants to sort of go to his manager or her, yeah, exactly. Her manager or so it basically, comes down to how much hierarchy. Is yeah, there. so it comes down to trust, then, doesn't it? Yes, because he, he, I say he, he can't go to his manager and say, "I've I've seen it. It looks good." Yeah, they're like, "Well, I want to know." I don't know. But this are is these why speeches on track of Q three or, or whatever, you know. But basically, what's going wrong there is you haven't closed the feedback loop. So, what's the actual thing that really matters is whether your customers are happy. You know, whether whether the things that matter to customers are getting into their hands and it's affecting okay. their behaviour right. in a way that helps the company. So this is one of the company, one of the companies I worked with that were a lot smaller. The little, they were almost like small little software houses. You know, so it was a big company, I guess, forty-ish people, okay. but like uh, six big. or seven of them. Yeah. What's that? That's not big. No. No, I don't mean. I mean, okay, it wasn't like a six-man, four-man okay. thing. You know, okay. yeah, it wasn't yeah. mid-size. Yeah, sure. So, but but basically, so like, as they got a project in, they essentially gave a little team of five or six guys control over. That. It was just like it's you lot, you know. That's this developer was a developer actually, and it seemed to always be a developer who okay. took the lead. They basically had complete interaction with the customers. They fed back, and they were basically the impression I got was it was a very hands-off thing. Like the broader business was interested on a monthly basis because they had like a monthly meetup where everyone talked about what they're up to and stuff like that. But they were pretty much just like, yeah, as long as there's no fires, as long as no one's ringing us up saying what the hell's going on, just leave it to you guys. And yeah. it worked really well. Like, so you say yeah. trust. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing what happens in a big business is that. Well, there's these more, more and more separations of, of um, separations, layers of separation, basically, where, you know, when you've got a few hundred employees... And the irony is that the answer to the problem of more separation is more separation. <laughs> you put people in to control the people who are controlling the people who are controlling the... Okay, so let's... Well, what you're doing there is you're separating people from the consequences of their actions. So it's like... it's come back, So, okay, DevOps is an interesting thing as well. So the idea of DevOps is that you... Do it like whatever it is that he's doing on your product. It's you. So if you let's say you are talking to your customers, you are building whatever you think they need to building, um, however you think it should be built. But then you ring it. You are um, sorry. You maintain it as well. So if the phone rings at two in the morning. It's your phone. There's no like it's done now. Off ops team. Off you go. Um, so for example, I might choose to make a product and I might choose to use some exotic database that has no support package. Well, then when my phone rings at two in the morning, I'm screwed. I've got no one to go to. Yeah. So that becomes a factor in my decision so that, making. That, so that's like a new trend nowadays? or, or? Um, Well, it's DevOps done right. So we don't see a lot of that. But we're basically, actual yeah, actual, actual DevOps, where yeah. basically the, the dev team operate the product. That's ah, what it's about. Right, OK. You don't have yeah. that ended off okay. to. Yeah, so if so you it's, choose it's product, development having the development team having end-to-end -end control. Like, well, end-to-end -end responsibility is probably the right word. Because it's not just control. Are they involved with the like specs well. and stuff like that, specifications? It's all your problem, yeah. basically. So yeah. it is like saying you six guys or whatever are yeah. dealing with that customer. After you go, you're on your own, yeah. And basically deal with it. Like. Yeah. So, so if you develop the wrong things and your customers won't like it, and you'll get their complaints. And if you develop the right, right things, well, then they well, will. Playing devil's advocate, why do you think a big business wouldn't do that? Why do you think... I know, I know, okay, so there's a trend and people just follow trends. In fact. A lot it of it is the way it is, but what... Do you think you're in job And reward structures and that kind of thing. So if you've got someone whose job is product owner, he's not going to release control of what goes into the product. 
if you've got someone whose job type is architect, it's not going to release control of, of what technologies you use and that kind of thing. It's job security in a way. Yeah. So but, I guess but it's, if, but I, it's if I make myself security. redundant, you know, where's the sense yeah. in that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so people, you know, so I'm the tech lead, I want to choose the technologies, but then I'm not on the support racer. And it's that kind of nonsense where people are cherry picking the parts of their job. They're like, it's politics. So this is like, what you were saying and have said yeah. many times about the death, you know, and the project managers mm. probably won't love this, but just the role of having, like, you know, the, when you have a project manager, that's a bad sign. It seems to be mm. your general. Do you want to maybe elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? Well, because you're taking responsibility away from everyone else. So everyone else is not seeing the consequences of their choices. So they because you've got this buffer now. Yeah. So it's like, as I say, it's like if I choose to do a stupid thing, and then I pay the consequence of it later, then I'm going to want to change that decision, like now, because it's hurting me. So if I, if I say I want to use an exotic database and it goes bump in the night, then it's my phone that rings and I'm on the hook. Well, tomorrow I want to change the database. I want to say if I want to go something. Yeah. I don't want my phone it's to ring in the night. It's interest basically. to make it a good yeah. product, basically. Whereas it's like if I'm a separate dev team and there's a separate support team, or leave it to them. Team, it's like, well, yeah, but you know, I like my shiny database because it helps me. You know, I'm only paid for delivering features, and I can deliver features fast. I, I don't, you know, support are having a bad time, but you know, sorry, bad luck. You know, you took the job. That might be the kind of conversation you'd have. Whereas so, if it's your phone okay. that rings, Let, then. You know, you, you've so it's less about features. Features are just something not natural. It's a value that you add. Yeah. And you can add a feature which does not have the value that's needed because, for instance, you have a special kind of database that goes belly up every night. Hmm. So the value is there. It's not there, but the feature is. Yeah. So if you're a customer of that product, the most valuable thing to you right now might be not losing your data every night or something. Which is not, you know, it's not a feature feature, no. but it's the thing that would stop you using the application. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're really incentivized more in that world to think about what's actually important because you have the consequence if you choose the wrong thing. But but you have to have both consequence and freedom. So, like, if you have the consequence of a decision, you need to have the freedom to change it back later. Yeah. So if if you chose something that was daft and you regret it. You can't be like, oh no, you need to fill in the form, you need to do a change. Yeah, you know, it's going to take so two weeks to get it's like, a no, permission slip. We're starting to feel pain, we fix it. Yeah. And so they need autonomy, basically. Yeah. But yeah. there is also a middle ground there. Like, multinationals don't have that freedom a lot of times because there is government control. There is, like, so in Oxley, there is the FCC, yeah. the FDA. You, sometimes you just have to follow those manuals. And yeah. It has to take two yeah. weeks. So but, you, but you can pass that down to the team and you, you can. You can if you really honestly you give, show, give them, you can be honest about what they're yeah, constrained. You say are. to them, like, literally, we'd love to let you do this, but there's this law. Our legal team are, are right; like we can't do that. We get fined. It's a constraint on the team. Yeah. So, um, so at least but the fact that you're transparent about it allows yeah. them to work around yeah, it. Yeah. You're, you're not adding new ones, and you're not being dishonest. You know, you're not hiding it. You're saying to them, look, like, guys, this is what we're working with. You know, we're all we're all in the same boat. Yeah. What can we do with this? Yeah, it's, it's not like when well, I kind of out so you're crowdsourcing yeah. the, yeah, the, exactly. the possibilities you, to solve it. Yeah, yeah. So and crowdsourcing and not setting it in stone. So today's solution can change tomorrow if you get new data. Yeah. All right. So I have I have a question then. Right. So let's say you're a big company, and there is an appetite to change. So far, they're kind of doing the big company thing. You've Layers of like you know a, a division manager and then a, yep. a, a a gaggle of project managers who each manage the team or two and you know 
that kind of thing. What's a kind of what's kind of a, a pragmatic like again, given that they, they want to change. So okay, we like all this stuff, we'd like to empower the team, we'd like to at least try it with one of our teams. Yeah. What do you think the first real steps are on that journey, do you reckon? If if you're given you know, you're speaking to the decision maker, someone who's a vice president, someone like that, I don't know, someone who can actually make change and, and has the gravitas to be listened to and stuff. What, what do you think the first, the kind of fundamental steps right. of advice are there? Like? So you probably have to create a bubble. You probably have to say like, at some point there is a wall beyond which we don't have control. Everything within that wall, you do have control of. So there'll be some layer of management that won't buy into it. Probably, statistically speaking, there'll be some layer of management that won't buy into it. But then the job is, you know, they Insulate have to understand that, that layer. beyond that layer, they're free. But actually, there is a hard ceiling. And again, so you just have to be honest and transparent from that layer down. So if you say, it becomes like your legal constraint or that kind of thing, where it's like, no, no, sorry, my boss's boss does say this. I can't change his mind. But, but I'm telling you the full truth. What can we do around it? But you're creating that bubble within which there's freedom. And being honest about the fact that you don't have All right. So from, from a managerial perspective, what it comes down to, it sounds like you're saying, is trust and honesty and openness, right? And balls. Because someone's probably going to have to put their neck on the line. Okay, someone's going to have to be responsible for that. Job. Yeah, someone's not going to like that they have that freedom. And it's they, probably yeah. going to use it against them if it goes wrong. Right. And you have to know that. And you have to, but again, just be honest, tell the team that. It's going to take the courage. Team. It's going to take yeah. guts, basically. It's going to take honesty, transparency. Because yeah. you know, a lot of managers want to show strength in front of their teams and that kind of thing. But you have to just say to them in that situation, look, we're, we're all on the line if, here. If we fail, I probably get sacked. And my replacement probably won't give the same trust I am because he sees, he knows why he's got the job. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that so, again. Yeah. So it's that kind of situation where you just got to level with them. Yeah, so we, we know an example of this where there's a CTO-type level person who's carved out a bubble for his team and said to them, you know, look, if, if this goes wrong, I probably lose my job. Um, and in that particular case, we know that it didn't go so well because they didn't respect it. They didn't appreciate what they were doing. I don't know if the, if the transparency... So there was an intent to be transparent, but I think mm. that got filtered out. Yeah, there, 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 was, a layer, who were there was an outer bubble in the, wrong way in the of bubble, thinking. basically. Yeah. There was a layer where <coughs> there was an agenda, unfortunately. Okay, <coughs> and so, that so, means sorry. That, let's yeah. assume that business is transparent, uh, they're open, they're saying, okay, so from the from the managerial power sort of broker people, they're all prepared to do that. What sorts of changes do you imagine the software team and those that kind of level needs to be ready for or prepared for or open to doing, uh, you know? So the main thing you probably notice is that roles and job titles pretty much disappear because you just have you know, stuff that needs to be done and it doesn't really matter who does it. Okay, so the main thing you probably notice is that job titles and roles start to disappear or become a lot more watered down because you no longer have stuff that um, one person owns and is responsible for because everyone's responsible for everything. So but you have people who are developers, for example, which is a very specialist skill, that's how they're trained and that's how they see their role. But there's no reason why a person who's, you know, whose background is as a developer can't get involved with choosing what, what's, you know, choosing how to solve a customer's problem or can't get involved with, with thinking about how to test it or can't get involved with anything else. At the same time, someone who would think of themselves as being a product owner is not really the owner of the product anymore because they have to share that. Because if they don't share it, then you're isolating people from consequence 
and then they can't make informed decisions. Um, so what you get, instead of having like developers and the product owner, you have more like a product specialist, where it's, it's just a person in the team. They can do anything. They're not prevented from doing anything, but their skills make them better at certain things. So you might find, for example, someone who might see themselves as a product specialist might have an idea. Now, they, they don't know how to write code. It's a skill they don't have. But they can sit with someone who is a, a you know, code specialist, essentially, and bang out a prototype. They may enlist the services of someone who's a test specialist because they might bring a skill that the others don't have. But you should be aiming to share that skill so that people can do more for themselves. Thank you very much. And it's, it gets quite interesting because people come at conversations from different angles because of the specialisms they have, and you, you end up with a richer dialogue for it. Okay, well, we've just paid the bill. <laughs> We're sat here in what? Dubai Mall? Dubai Mall, yeah. Yeah, still Dubai Mall. Yeah. And, uh, Navigation skills. What we think is probably the best pina colada in the world. Yep. Um, and we don't know the name of the restaurant because they've rebranded and they don't have Miras. any Miras. Okay. So if you're in the Dubai Mall, third floor? Second. Second floor. Like nations. Miras. Navigational <laughs> skills are nuts. <laughs> yeah. If you have not noticed it. Next to the Manga Sushi place. Yeah. On the second floor. Really awesome pina colada. So, and other stuff. Not just bit blows. Yeah, other stuff too. Send us free stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by Pina Colada. <laughs> no, by Mirats. So, do and you Tom, Tom. Ha have you had experience with a team being given the opportunity to be more empowered and autonomous, and then not? And why do you think they didn't? if that's true, which I kind of know it is true. Uh, <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. Purely hypothetical. Um, no names. No, of course not. Uh, yeah, I've had that experience. And why? Um, because in a sense, no. The can thing is, yeah, I can pick it up and it gives me a red mark every time I speak. Oh, okay. That's why I'm not directly speaking. Okay. Are you no audio? I'm sorry. It's not that difficult. First ever podcast for me. Yeah. We're not all professionals here. Excuse me. And no, why? I've been doing this for many, many years. Very many, 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 many years. No, the thing is, it's a bit terrifying <laughs> because you're given, yeah, you're giving the freedom to get shit done, but you also have the responsibility to get that shit done. Yeah. You don't have like three level of managers. So there's say, nothing to hide behind. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you have a manager who gives you the the order to do it, and you fail, then you can just say bad orders. Yeah. So do you think it exposes people that might otherwise not be as strong as... Yeah. Or I mean, I, I don't know, is that the right way? I don't, I don't know. know if it's necessarily the person not that's strong, strong or no. confident. I, I think um, the confidence... But actually, confidence, you're right. It's, it is confidence. A lot you're hinting at the big thing, though, which is reward and consequence. Um, so what you're saying there is there's an implicit punishment if something goes wrong. Yeah. And people used to have a way of avoiding that punishment, or at least mitigating it, and you're taking that away from them. But what you've also so got... you think that makes them scared then, basically? Yeah, so they need somebody who can help them. Yeah. Um, but what you've also got But is there, it a legitimate fear? Yes. Because they really can well, be no, held responsible. Every right? fear is always legitimate, because it always it's always there for a reason. So... It, if you want to tackle someone's fear, you have to show them evidence that it's not true. 
And even then, it's going to take a while to build up the trust. Because if you send people a message like 10 times, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, and then once show them it's not okay, they're never going to trust you again because they know that you're going to change yeah, their mind no, as soon as it matters. There's, there's a lot of research about like first impressions. Like your first impression matters. Yeah. And if it, if you make a bad first impression, you have to do like six, seven good things yeah. to finally be back at zero. At zero. Zero. Zero, yeah. Yeah, so to get back up to positive. Is yeah. Big. So a negative consequence on the human psyche is a lot bigger. Yeah, like, yeah I because there's a lot more. I, yeah. I suppose historically it's the bad things that matter a lot yeah. more than the good things. Yeah. Wait, this is, because it also helps you grow, like the negative thing will push you towards the thing that makes so you grow. So they stand out mentally, like, yes. Oh, shouldn't do that again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then you've also often got an implicit reward structure as well. So, like, if you've got a team or a, sorry, a company where the pay structure is graded, for example, then you're encouraging heroism. So, being part of a team isn't really worth anything to you. Whereas, if you can make an argument for being top dog, yeah. then you get more money. And that pays the bills, buys your sports cars, and all the rest of it. So, so you, right, what, well, however that's much you say. That's an interesting angle, actually. So, like, what I, I've heard this. So, so you're, we've discussed this a few times off the podcast, but like the idea being that you have pay somehow attached to the team. So, would you say essentially that the, the entire team get the same amount of money, or like, what, what would you practically? What would you? What would you suggest? One way or, of doing or what's it? it How's it been done um, in your experience? In my experience, everyone negotiates their own. Um, people generally don't discuss it so it doesn't become an issue um, pay is not necessarily a motivator for people, it's more of a demotivator so like, as soon as you know what someone else is earning and it's more than you it's a big demotivator yeah. but you might have been perfectly happy with that amount otherwise Yeah. Um, so it's, it's an Are interesting you well, area maybe you can trust people not to some teams um, <coughs> I've only heard about this, I've never been involved with this, this type of team actually do set each other's salary so they're literally given a pot of money for the year and they say, well, you know, oh, this guy does help us a lot. We'll pay him slightly more. And it's a, it's a very open conversation. But Where everyone knows each other's salaries, basically. They set them. They don't just know them. They choose them. Hmm. So you can literally uh, decide as a team, like, we want to hire three more people this year. We should pay ourselves a little bit less to make room in the pot for them more. But do they get a lot of maturity? Yeah. Do they, is there a because, kind of well, incentive to do well though? Do you get paid more if you deliver or something? I mean, it, well, what yeah, I mean is, would you yeah. take a cut in the short time to bring on these guys, thinking that because if it goes I, well, I we're going to get? Honestly, this much don't more. know. I think I think there must be something like that in play, or they must get some sort of profit share in the product or something. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would be how I, if I was going to do it myself. That's an interesting angle. If you said, yeah. a like you're not competing against each other for pay rises, yeah. so you're somehow graded as a team, yeah. and b there is an incentive for you to deliver success. Yeah, like if, you, if you said like a percentage of the product's revenue goes back into the team to spend however they like. Yeah, um, whether that's you know, nights out. Part yeah. of that is your salary. Part of it is other things. Yeah. You know, but, you know, who gets what within that salary or whatever. And then, you know, being idealistic, you would hope that the teams would would organize themselves in a way where they recognize each other's contributions and they want to contribute. Yeah. They'd take an immense amount of trust, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, but it's a very good point in my opinion. Because like all recruiters and every time you go for a job, it's the first thing they always say is, oh, are you a team player? Yeah. They By want... the way, there's no reward for being a team yeah, player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but are you a team player? Yeah. It's a very good point, yeah. Because they always drive home yeah. being a team player, yet there is absolutely no incentive to be, to be 
It's the classic game show thing, isn't it, as well? Where if there's, um, it's one of the, I can't remember what it's called now, but there's lots of variants of the same thing, where there's two of you, and if if one of you says no, then yeah, yeah. The, you both lose, and if both of you say yes, then you both win type thing. Yeah. Uh, but if one of you does it and the other doesn't, then you take everything. I can't remember. I'm completely making a mess of that, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, you know, we could probably put it's, a link it's game, it's game theory type stuff, where the right thing to do is the wrong thing for the team, um, yeah. the way it's structured. And lots of companies structure themselves like that. You know, if you, if you say, like, there's only so much money in the pot and it gets divided between you, etc. That's interesting. Well, I think that's been a good talk. Yeah? Yeah. We didn't really talk about what we said we talked about. But well, you know, that's the, the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye.